0: you have your Bible, if you have the church app, you can follow along. We're in Luke chapter 4. Remember, I started this series called Fulfilled that comes right out of Luke 4, 21. Uh, I want to set up and read the whole thing. Again, if you missed last week, uh, you know, uh, what we're talking about, you can catch up on our website, our app, YouTube podcast, all that stuff. But I want to read Luke 4, 16 through 21. Uh, I want to actually read in the New King James Version this morning. Let's start out with that verse 16. It says, so he came to Nazareth. That, of course, is Jesus. And he, Jesus, had been brought uh, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And as he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, it actually was a scroll, when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Well, if you were here last week, you saw I actually read this scripture from Israel. You remember I showed the video? I was honored. Uh, my, my wife and I, a group of us, Pastor Rob and, and Michelle... A bunch of us went to Israel in September, and I was able to go. We were in a replica uh, village of Nazareth and a replica synagogue. And so the tour guide asked me if I would read this verse that I'm about to read. So I was able to read that last week. You know, you can go check it out online. And uh, it was actually a scroll. They gave me a scroll. And actually, I put my phone in the middle of it and read. My wife didn't even know. She said, I thought it was written on the scroll. And so I, I just slipped my phone in there and read the scripture. But this is, as the scroll was handed to him, that he opened the place in Isaiah. And this is what Jesus read. It is written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's what we talked about last week. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. He to set liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now remember, all the eyes of the synagogue was fixed on them, And this was his hometown. So this is like his religious leaders. Uh the, Everybody in there knew him. It was either the, the, the religious leaders of the time, the rabbis, his friends, his family, his neighbors. They all knew Jesus, right? It's his hometown here. And they knew, the rabbis and also the people that were familiar with the prophets knew that this was a prophecy about the Messiah. So when Jesus said, today the scripture is fulfilled, he was proclaiming that he is the Messiah. Amen? So last week we started out with Jesus saying that he came to preach the gospel to the poor. And he did that because first in Christ the poor are a priority. We see Jesus made the poor priority. Obviously, the main thing he's preaching about, the spiritual poor, and we looked into all that. But also, poor in every aspect, poor in spirit, maybe poor emotionally or relationally, or even financially, those areas, we talked about that. Secondly, in Christ, the poor have provision. The Lord has made a provision. As I just prayed, the scripture says, he's provided all of our needs. Uh, in Christ Jesus, right, according to his glorious riches, in Christ Jesus, those that are in Christ, those that hear the Gospel accept it and are born again, and then thirdly, in Christ, the poor have a place in the original language of both the the, the Greek and the Hebrew, one of the meanings of that word poor means without inheritance, being poor means you didn 't have an inheritance, so the poor have a place, they have a place of inheritance, and then also a place of purpose is where we end it. All of us, where we were the spiritual poor, emotional, maybe naturally poor, have struggled. The Lord has made provision for us, and there's a purpose in that provision that we can be a blessing to others, right? And by the way, you did that. If you remember last week, we picked up a missions offering for our community, local missions, to help those in need around the Christmas holidays that need, you know, might need presents or, or, or for their kids or food or whatnot, and you gave over eight thousand dollars last week to help our community. Why don't you give yourself a round of applause? Thank you for being so gracious. We have already started allocating those funds to families, uh, partnering with the local uh, shelter here, uh, helping out, finding out. Pastor Dixie's doing a great job of research on finding who needs what, and we have other families we're going to continue to help. So thank you for making a difference and fulfilling your purpose. So today we're going to focus on the second thing Jesus was sent on earth to do in verse 18. Let's read it again. Jesus said, He has sent me, meaning the Father, has sent me, sent Jesus to heal. The brokenhearted. Can we pray? And I was just thinking, as I mentioned Israel, let's pray. I always want to stand with our brothers and sisters there, what's going on in Israel. Father, we thank you, Lord. Again, we rejoice today with these that got baptized today. And we just thank you, Lord, that you have fulfilled the prophets, Lord God, and the law and the prophets. You came and fulfilled all these things. And Lord, as we look in your word today, we stand with our brothers and sisters in Israel, Lord God, for those that are still in the thick of it, those that are still being held hostage, Lord, those families that have lost loved ones or have loved ones that are being held hostage. Hostage right now, we pray peace, grace, comfort upon them. We stand with our brothers and sisters, Pastor Israel and Bet Hillel, the ministry there that we partner with. And as they're continuing to preach the gospel and pray for people, as Pastor Israel said, Lord, he's believing and we're believing with him for revival in Israel throughout this. We pray you would set those captives free, as we're going to talk about next week. Physically, those that are being held captives, we thank you for those that have been released, and we pray for, Lord God, the release of the rest and peace and grace to be upon that land. Lord. We lift them up to you. and We lift up this time in your word. Help me, Holy Spirit. I cannot do this on my own, nor do I want to. I need your help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now remember, now Jesus is quoting the Hebrew scripture here. He's quoting the prophet Isaiah. So in Hebrew, the word brokenhearted is translated. It's actually the Hebrew word shabar. It's shabar, the English translated brokenhearted. But the word shabar literally means to be smashed or to be shattered. Like when you take, uh, uh, you know, maybe a dish out of the dishwasher and it falls or think of glass being broken, being shattered. That's what this word broken means, broken hearted means. You know, when you look around and you know this, there are a lot of broken hearted people around us. There are a lot of broken people in general. I know sitting in this auditorium, watching online from LPCC, I know there are a lot of broken people, broken hearts, right? As it translates in English, maybe you're brokenhearted because you have hopes and dreams that have been shattered. Maybe you're brokenhearted from abuse that you've obtained as a child, or maybe even in your adult life. Maybe you've been abandoned. Maybe you are a product of divorce growing up. Maybe you've been through a divorce. Maybe you've been rejected, or maybe the passing of a loved one recently, or maybe quite a while, and you're still broken. You know, just last week, as I was preparing this message, Wednesday, it was either the day before or the the day after. I talked to a lady who just recently started coming to church, and these are her words to me. She said, I'm both broken emotionally and physically. And she began to tell me some of the trauma and didn't go into detail, but she said, I'm broken. Like, what about that? And that was her exact words because I was telling her that the Lord would heal her, could heal her broken heart. I even said, hey, I'm going to be preaching on this Sunday. She said, well, my body's broken too. What about that? And like looking for, for that hope. And then just on Friday, I was at a local business here in town. And a lady also uh, has went through something traumatic. She actually lost her son suddenly. And then, after her son died, she had a heart attack. And so, she's been struggling. Uh, she's losing weight because she's not eating. She's barely sleeping at night, maybe two hours at night. And I begin to minister to her from this scripture as well. And even before I left, I said, would you mind if I prayed with you? And she's like, absolutely. And I was able to join with her and pray with her before. And it just shows, just last week, two examples of broken people who've been through some very traumatic things. We have broken families, right? Broken marriages around us. Maybe parental relationships between children and their parents. I mean, and ultimately... When you have a bunch of broken people and you put them together, you have a broken society. And you look around and you see that, right? We have a broken society, right? But Jesus said he came to heal the broken. Could you imagine going into a doctor's office and you have a broken bone and you go and look for help with the doctor and he's like indifferent about your injury and he's like, well, good luck, buddy. I hope it heals up, you know, right? That would be hard, right? I mean, he's had a surgery on his shoulder. That would have been hard if you would have went to some medical help and just like, they pat you on that shoulder and say, well, I hope it gets better, right? Just indifferent. I mean, it's like, man, this is your job. You're a physician, right? It's so good to know we see from Scripture that the Lord's desire is to help and heal the broken. Listen to what King David said also thousands of years ago before Jesus even came about the Lord. It's found in Psalm thirty-four eighteen, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Shabar. And he rescues those who are crushed in spirit. Think about it, crushed in spirit. This is not just like some little emotional thing you're going through. He said he's close to the brokenhearted, those that are shabar, shattered, right? And he he's he, he's, he rescues those who are crushed in spirit. See, I read this verse at almost every funeral I officiate. He's close to the brokenhearted. He's close to you if you're broken today because he wants to heal you. Because his assignment, one of his main assignments to come to this earth was to bring healing to the broken. It was a big part of Jesus' ministry. Healing in general. We see Jesus healing people. We're going to look at quite a few today. But you know what? Jesus batted 100%. Everybody he touched, everybody he prayed for got healed. You look through the Gospels, you see that. And we'll see why in a minute. What's the reasons why Jesus healed? We know that was his purpose, but what's the reasons he heals? What's the motivation behind Jesus' healing and wanting to heal, specifically the brokenhearted? Let's look at those. Number one, healing is his design and his desire. It's the Lord's design and desire. Some people wonder whether it'd be physical healing Or if it's emotional, psychological, maybe relational. If it's God's desire of they just meant to stay broken all of their life. Well, let's look at it. Look at what Jesus said after healing a lame man. And the context is physical healing here. But we're going to look at a few of them. John 5, 19 and 20. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he's doing. Watch this. In fact... The Father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will be truly astonished. We see it was the Father's heart, right? Jesus did nothing on his own. When Jesus came to earth, it wasn't some rogue thing he was doing. No, it was the Father's will and heart to heal people. Amen. And it was, it was the Father carrying out this work of healing through Jesus. He said, one of the reasons he sent me, one of the reasons the Father sent Jesus was to heal the broken. It's always been God's desire. Think about how our bodies, our design right if if you even get a cut if you cut yourself even without putting any kind of ointment or bandaid a cut's going to eventually heal up am, am i right he designed a, even a broken bone we talked about that if you had some wonky doctor that didn't want to help you if you walked away eventually your bone would heal it might heal crooked. My dad had a broken bone. He broke his arm when he was a teenager from playing football, and, and, and he didn't want to tell his mom because his mom wouldn't let him play. So he didn't know he actually had a break until he started throwing the baseball during baseball season. And when he put his arms like this, his arm was crooked because it grew back crooked. He never went to the doctor. But eventually it healed back, right? So you see, God designed our bodies even to be healed. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? When you look at cuts and bones, even in nature, you see whenever a tree gets destroyed by fire, what happens? We see forest fires that can be destructive, kill people and, 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 and properties, but actually a fire is good for trees in the forest. It, it burns away all the things, the underbrush and all that. It's actually healthy so they can grow back. This is all part of God's design. Amen? We see it both in our bodies and in nature. Let's continue to look at, it's his desire, it's how he designed us. but look, let's continue to see how it's his will. Mark 1, 40 and 43, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing. This is a word for some of y'all in here today. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared, and the man was healed. Now, obviously, again, this is physical healing, but I'm going to get into, I believe, when he healed lepers, it was way more than just uh, uh, physical healing. We'll talk about that in a minute. We know that it's the Lord's heart. It's his will, his desire for all kind of healing. This was physical in this context, but let's go back to our main text. Luke 4.18, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So we see it's his will. It's his assignment. Last week, we talked about him preaching the gospel to the poor. The word gospel is good news, right? This is part of the gospel. This is good news today. If you're broken, you can be healed. You can be restored. You can be put back together, so to speak. You know, Humpty Dumpty, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put him back together. But the Lord can put us back together. Amen? It's part of the gospel. Remember, the gospel is good news. I talked about last week that, you know, for us in this society, especially with social media and the news and access, we're drawn to bad news. I said it last week, the gospel's good news. It's great news. If you like bad news, the gospel's not for you. And this is part of the gospel. There's healing, there's restoration. Let's read Psalm thirty-four, eighteen, in another translation. It says, the Lord is near to those who are discouraged. He saves those who have lost all hope. You see, when you're broken, you get discouraged. And if you stay discouraged too long, then you lose hope. You lose all hope. I'm here today to tell you, you can have hope knowing that it's the Lord's desire and his will to draw near to you, and so you can be healed of your brokenness today. You don't have to live with the grief, with the heartache, the broken heart, and the brokenness you've been living in. He's here to, to heal you. Amen? This is great news today, church. So it's his desire and his design. Number two, Jesus paid for healing on the cross. Thousands of years ago, before Jesus was even born, Isaiah prophesied about Jesus just as he did. And 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 Jesus reads it, uh, that, by the way, it was Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 is what he was quoting in Luke 4. But even before that, Isaiah prophesied about Jesus dying on the cross and his reasons for doing so. Look at Isaiah 53, 5. He says, but he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our peace fell upon him, and by his wounds we are, by his wounds we're healed. Some translations say, by his stripes. That word stripes is really doesn't even tell the story. Some of you have, remember the movie, The Passion of the Christ? That was a closer a depiction of what Jesus had to go through when there was whipping him and, and and beating him and his back was lashed open, they actually said, experts believe that after that beating, you could see his ribs and his organs, his bones and his back. That's how bad he was beaten and tortured for you and I to be healed. And we quote this scripture and use this scripture a lot for physical healing, but again, it applies to emotional and psychological and relational healing as well. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever gone to... The doctor's office, the ER or something, and you were sick or you had, you know, some kind of ailment or maybe a broken bone and they start running all the tests. They treat you and everything. And then before you leave or later on, you find out that your insurance didn't cover it. Come on. How many of you have ever been there? And, you know, it's not covered. I remember one time we went to the hospital for something. I don't even remember exactly what it was for. And the hospital was in the network of our insurance, but there was one doctor that came, and it might have been from my mom. There was one doctor that came in there and saw about her, but that doctor wasn't in network, so we had to pay. I'm like, well, what's that doctor doing working in the hospital? That's in network, right? Okay, I'm just ranting now. I'm just trying to use this as an illustration. The good news is our healing has been covered and paid for in full by Jesus. Come on, somebody. Any bit of brokenness, heartache sickness is in network with Jesus, amen? Because of what he did on the cross and what he bore for us really leading up to the cross, that was the beating and the scourging leading up to it, amen? Your brokenness has been paid in full. Thirdly, healing is fueled by Christ's compassion. Now, we've been looking at the compassion of God for a while now. Even last series in the character of God, we've been seeing when he tells them that he is Yahweh, when he told Moses that he's, he's Yahweh and who he was in his character, we looked at it. But we see this, and we read the scripture uh, before, a uh, focus on it being God's will. But let's read Mark 1, 4 and 43 again. It says, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Look at this, moved with compassion. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. He didn't heal these people because the crowds were sad. He didn't heal people because he felt obligated because he was the son of God. No, the Bible makes it clear he was moved. He was fueled by compassion. Amen? Now, you got to understand this, and I referenced this earlier. Again, this is a reference to healing, uh, physical healing in a man with leprosy. But you got to understand that when somebody got healed of leprosy like this man, it was far more than just physical. And most of you, some of you know this, you may not, but in those times when there was a leper, they had to live away from their community. They had to live in actually leper colonies where people with leprosy had to go live apart from their friends, apart from their family. And besides all of that, when they would walk by, if they happened to walk by someone who was healthy, when someone got to a certain distance, they had to holler out, unclean, unclean, to let people know they had leprosy. Now stop and think about that for a minute. Think about the rejection and the shame. That they felt how broken they must have been. And they had to be isolated away from the general population and their family and their friends. Can you imagine the shame and rejection they felt? So when Jesus healed this man and and, and other lepers and they were able to go back and live their normal life, there had to be a deeper level of healing that was taking place. Are you all following me, church? You know there was some emotional healing from brokenness in his life as well. I've said this many a time and I want you to go look it up for yourself. Do your own Bible study. I remember when somebody pointed this out many, many years ago. Every time in the Gospels, it says Jesus had compassion, something supernatural happened. Every time, go check it out for yourself. I want to encourage you to do your own Bible study. Go through all four Gospels and when you see them nowadays, we got the Bible app and stuff on your phone. Just search Jesus and compassion and you will see either a healing took place. Maybe he felt the, he fed the multitudes. But everything Jesus did supernaturally was fueled by his compassion. Going to that cross, taking that scourging, that beating, that torture, and staying there for you and I was fueled by love and compassion. Because he knew there would be no way out. There would be no way uh, that, that we would spend eternity with him or be able to live free. Without the cross. Let's look at another example. Luke 7, 11 and 15. Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to a village, the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son. Now remember this. Look at this. This is a widow already. She lost her husband. Now her only son has died. And a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin, touched it, and the bearer stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Now, we often look at this, again, as a miracle, as like, man, this young boy, 12-year-old boy dies and raised from the dead. But we see the compassion wasn't for the young man. The compassion was for the hurting widow. He said, don't cry. His compassion was driven, overwhelmed, overflowed, because you had a widow that already lost her husband, now lost her son. This miracle was fueled by compassion for a broken woman. Amen? And we see that. We see that, that, that the Lord has that kind of compassion for you and I. His heart overflows when you're grieving, when you're hurting, when you're broken. So let me ask you a question today, church. Is Jesus any less compassionate today than when he ascended into heaven? Not at all. He has the same overflowing, powerful compassion for you and I as he did for this widow, for these leopards, for the blind man, for the five thousand he fed everyone. Right. And we know that because Hebrews thirteen eight tells us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Amen. He was sent to heal the brokenhearted over 2000 years ago. It's still His assignment today, even though he's in heaven, he's doing it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now he has the same compassion. As well. And the fourth and final thing that we see and we know that, that the reason Jesus heals, when he said he would, but for, uh, number four, we see here, healing brings glory to God. See, everything the Lord's doing, has done and is doing on the earth, it's to bring him glory. Just like our lives, no matter what we do, what we're going through, brings him glory. Let's read a story a lot of us are familiar with, but focused on, again, God being glorified. John 11, 1 through 7. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive this, will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, his disciple says, let's go back to Judea. Now, let me stop and, 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 and ask you a question. I've never saw this before until I started studying. Why is it Jesus, Lazarus was the one that was dead. Why is it that Jesus says specifically in the Bible records, even though Jesus loved Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, he stayed where it was. Why did he specifically m- mention Mary and Martha? Because they were the ones that were grieving and broken. And I just broke the decorations. It happens. It'll come back. I didn't break it, I just knocked it down. It'll come back up. See, good illustration, not even playing for it, right? He mentioned Martha and Mary specifically because they were broken as well. Lazarus was dead, but they were the ones that were broken and needed healing as well, right? So once Jesus comes, they were broken with grief. When Jesus gets to the village and he talks to both Mary and Martha separately, they both say the same thing separately. Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Now they're questioning the Lord. Why would not you here, right? And listen, by the way, let me just say this side note. When you're going through brokenness and grief and these things, we all question God at times. Let's just be real, amen? We all question God. God, why? If you were here, they would, he wouldn't have died. If only you were here. What, what's going on? What are you doing? We're going to see one of them questioning the Lord again. Listen, it's okay. Jesus, he can handle it, right? That's part of the process. As we're processing through brokenness and grief, those things come up, and it's part of the process, but we got to center ourselves back on the Lord and his word. Amen? Now, let's pick up the story when Jesus arrives at Lazarus' tomb. John eleven thirty eight 38 through 44, Jesus was still angry as he arrived to the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across the entrance. He was angry because their lack of belief, the people's lack of belief, their unbelief around. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told him, but Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. So there he is. She's, she's questioning the Lord again. Lord, he's going to stank in our vernacular. It's going to be bad, right? So she's, she's she's now, Jesus is here, and he's and he's questioning. Let me just stop and say, when you're going through brokenness, listen, the healing and restoration process probably is going to look different than you thought. It may look and feel and seem different, might take longer than you thought, but you need to trust the Lord through it. And listen to what Jesus says, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Remember, this is all about talking about God being glorified. So they roamed Rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of those people standing here so that they would believe you sent me. Right? Luke 4, 18. He sent me to heal the broken heart. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in head And I love this. Jesus told them, told the people, unwrap him and let him go. Listen, God gets glory when broken people who others think can't be fixed get healed and restored. That was an impossible situation. He's dead. Four days, he's going to stink. God gets the most glory when you and I and other people that seem too far gone, too far lost, too far broken. Come on, all of us have seen somebody like, man, that brother just can't get right. Right? He just, he maybe he's lost. God, or he, he, man, he's just so far gone. I don't know if he's ever going to be the same. God gets the most glory when those broken people that seem like you and I can't be fixed, the Lord heals them. And here's the great news too about this, and I love this story, is that it's Jesus who supernaturally raises Lazarus from the dead. But then he still uses people, untie him, unbound. Listen, God uses other people as well to bring healing and restoration. In a few minutes, we're going to open up the altar, and we're going to, we're going to offer to pray for some people. We had a, a lot of people at the altar at the first service. We want to help you. We want to, we want to help you in this healing process. It just begins here today, but we have some special classes that we have here at church to help you to go deeper with the healing process. If you're broken, when you come up to the altar, tell one of the altar workers about it, my wife and I, and we'll help you with that. Also in February, we got grief share starting again. If you lost a loved one and you're you're going through grief and, and the process, man, this ministry grief sale, it's Christ centered. It's helped so many people. Actually, the last two ladies and the one who's about to take it over, who's leading these classes, actually went through it as participants when they were broken. And now they're leading it. Come on, somebody. We see God uses people to help heal and restore the broken. You may think you're too far gone today. You're too far broken beyond repair. I'm here to tell you today you're not. Amen. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything's possible. All things are possible. Amen. This context of the scripture was Jesus talking about being born again, but it deals with anything, right? Anything it's possible for God. If you believe, remember, he was angry because the people around them, their lack of belief. They were laughing at him, ridiculing all these kind of things, right? Even, even Martha herself was like, man, it's too late. He's going to stink, right? But if you believe, if you trust the Lord, if you surrender to the process, allow the Lord to heal you, use the resources we have here at church, let people stand with you, walk with you, go through these classes, go through grief share, I'm telling you the Lord will touch you in a mighty way. In John 9, as we wrap things up, Jesus again points to God being glorified when he heals a blind man. John 9, 1 and 13, while he was passing by, he noticed a man who had been blind from birth. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he would be born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man or his parents sinned, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed and illustrated in him. By the way, when you see things happening in your own life and in other people's life it's still common for us to say, man, he's going through all that. He must have did something wrong. There must be some sin in his life. Or it may just be the Lord's allowing us to go through something so he can be glorified. And let me go back to Lazarus. Jesus did raise him from the dead. I want to encourage you today, speaking of God being glorified, even when someone you love, you prayed for, like my mom, and we believed and prayed for a miracle and for her to be raised up, even in death, death is not final, God still gets glorified. Don't think because someone didn't get healed on this side of the earth that God's not glorified. My mom praised the Lord to her dying day, and I believe that glorifies God. Her testimony of suffering and pain and all that, she never turned away. I believe that's a testimony. And so don't look at Even though you don't see a prayer answered or something answered, know that God can and will still be glorified. But are me and you going to be a part of it? Amen? So I want to encourage you with that today as well. Now let's drop down to verse 6. Blind man comes, he corrects his disciples. It wasn't because about anybody sinned this so we could see God's work and be displayed and glorified. John 9, 6 and 7. And when he said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with his saliva and spread the mud like ointment on the man's eyes. Now for you germaphobes, some of y'all would have had a problem with that if, if the Lord did that. Right, Brother Eric? You would have been like, man, that's, this is going to be rough. Where's the sanitizer, Right? But look at this. And then he said to the man after doing that, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated "sent." So he went away and washed and came back seeing. Why? So God could be glory. And and the, the blind man must have been thinking this too. Man, you already spit and made mud. Actually, while we was in Israel, we actually, they just found where they think the pool of Siloam is. They were just starting to excavate it when we were there. We actually got to go to the actual site, and we found out about the scripture, what happened. It wasn't like he did that and he told him to go walk over to those doors. It was actually a good little walk. He was actually up a hill, and he had to walk a good ways down. Maybe, I don't know, Pastor Albert If y'all remember, it was a good walk. Not quite a mile, but maybe a quarter, half a mile walk down a hill to get to this pool. And he's still blind, right? So somebody had to help him. He had to fill his way around. So again, he's like, man, why do I have to go through all that? I don't know, but God was glorified through it. Amen? And it's a blessing to even be there when we were there to see where this actually took place in. So as we close this morning, if you need healing in any aspect of your life, emotional, relational, maybe mental, maybe physical too. We've been focusing on verse 18. He's came to heal the the shattered, the broken, the shabar, the brokenhearted. Remember this, these four things. Jesus designed and desires your healing. We saw these scriptures. It is his will for you to be healed. Jesus paid for healing with the wounds he took on himself. Remember, insurance don't always cover stuff. Jesus covers it all. He paid it in full. Amen? He said it is finished. That was our salvation, but that was our healing too. All these things that were prophesied in in Isaiah, When he said it is finished, it was finished. It was paid in full. Remember, Jesus has compassion on your brokenness. Listen, y'all, there might be people, nobody around you, even over there at LPCC, knows exactly what you're going through. Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. Every tear you've cried, every heartache, every heartbreak, every disappointment, all the grief you've been walking through, not only does Jesus see it, the Bible says his heart overflows with compassion. It's not just a little bit, not just a little feeling. He's fueled by compassion to heal you. And just remember, God will be glorified when you get your healing. Let me ask this. How many of you say, man, God's healed some brokenness in my life? Let me see your hand if that's you. I got my hand up. You know what's cool about God being glorified? One of my favorite scriptures, I didn't put it in my notes, but it's one of my favorite ones and I share it every funeral too second corinthians chapter one. god is our merciful father and the source of all comfort he comforts he heals us so we can help comfort those in their time of need that's how god gets glorified you go through tragedy god heals you and you can turn around and help heal somebody else amen so what do you do today if you need healing well first you got to be right with the lord we talked about broken relationships maybe your relationship with god is broken Maybe it's non-existent. Maybe you've, you've never had a, a true personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus. Or maybe you did at one point and you went away. Maybe it's brokenness that has maybe steered you away from the Lord or, 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 or drew you away from the Lord. Maybe you've got mad and you've blamed God or you've questioned God. Well, if God loves me, why has all these things happened? I was praying for you this morning. Both if you never know the Lord personally or if you've gone away. It starts with coming to know god that's the first part of our vision know god then live free find your purpose and make a difference do you have a personal relationship with god the father through his son jesus do you know if you if today was your last day on this planet where you would be spending eternity if you don't know you can know today would you bow your head with me and close your eyes just out of reverence for the lord and respect for those around us if you say brandon you know what my relationship with god is broken it's either broken or it's non-existent. I don't know if I've ever truly surrendered my life to Christ. Or you say, man, I once was walking with the Lord, and I'm here today because my relationship is broken. I need to get a right relationship with God. If that's you, you say, that's me, Brandon. That's me. Lift up your hand. Just, just raise your hand and say, Brandon, me. My, my relationship with God is broken, and I need to get right. Hands going up all over. Anybody else over here to my right? Thank you. Amen. Amen. Anybody else in almost every section people are acknowledging, even at LPCC, if you're watching, Come on, just lift up your hand to the Lord. Can we all pray together as you acknowledge that today? Let's all pray. The Lord is faithful. Let's pray this together. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me and thank you for dying in my place. Lord, I know that I've sinned and I repent of my sin today. I turn to you and I surrender my life to you. Would you save me, help me, and heal me of my brokenness? Now, Lord, would you use me to help others as well? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Come on, can we rejoice with these this morning that made that decision? Let's celebrate with them. If you made that decision for the first time, or first time in a long time, there's a connection card in the chair in front of you. Feel that I'll bring it to the info center. We have a Bible for you. We want to pray with you. Would you stand up with me? And as you stand, can I get the pastors and the altar workers uh, to come uh, down here? Uh, and I want to open up the altars as we close today. Because I, I know in a room this size, there's some broken people in here. And again, this is not the all in all, but either it's a conti- you need a continuation of healing or you need healing to begin. And again, you can talk to these or myself about these classes that we offer in Grief Share next year. If that's you, you say, Brandon, I'm broken. And I, just like Jesus used people to unwrap Lazarus, he wants to use people to help you. Would you come down to the altar right now? If you, if you say, Brandon, I need healing. I'm brokenhearted. hearted I'm grieving. My life's broken. Maybe you have a broken relationship. Why don't you make your way down here as they come? Come on down here. We're going to pray with you. We're going to stand with you in agreement. Come on, sister. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else, make your way down here right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, for the rest of you. maybe you want to extend your hands let's pray for these and i want to pray over you father i thank you lord that today i know lord you were sent here to heal the brokenhearted come on people are still coming come on down here thank you jesus you came. You were sent to heal the brokenhearted, Father God, and I pray in the name of Jesus that you would touch and help and heal these, Lord God, that are here this morning, Father God. I pray, Lord God, grace upon grace to be upon them, Lord. I pray for your touch, help, hope, and healing to be upon them. Let let faith arise, Lord. Let faith arise, Lord God, as they come up here. Those that are discouraged and have lost all hope, let there be hope, Lord God, and healing, knowing it's your will and your desire, Father, not only for these that are up here, those that are watching see or anyone that's in their seats that haven't come down here I'm believing uh, you want to heal restore help and renew Lord God those that are up here Father we thank you Father may you be glorified and those that are up here in their lives my God and the rest of those that are out here today as they go today may your grace peace blessing and provision be upon them Lord in the mighty and the strong name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray and everybody said amen and amen well God bless you hey listen I encourage you to respect those that are up here if you want to fellowship maybe kind of go a little further back to the back or if you need prayer for anything specific we'll be up here maybe for something else we'll be up here to pray with you God bless you we love you and we'll see you soon